Patrick Fendaro here with Franchise Finding Season 2. Together with my brother Jack, we're going to be going through some of the largest franchises as well as up-and-coming franchises to see if they're a good investment. We look at the franchise costs, the revenue, historical profits, failure rate, and other really important metrics to consider before investing in a franchise. So if you're looking to buy a franchise or think about a startup or an existing business, listen to our podcast as with little time, you'll be able to evaluate a franchise is the right entrepreneurial path for you. Well, thank you everyone for, for uh, who's, who's uh, watching this or listening to this. Uh, you have Jack, from, Jack here uh, speaking with Dimitri from Key Renter and we're here to learn all about uh, Key Renter, the concept, the, the property management industry in general, and hopefully uh, educate individuals who might be interested in the Key Rental franchise. So Dimitri, thank you so much for joining. Yes, thank you, Jack, for, for having me. Um, just to give a little background, I've been with Key Renter for uh, about 15 months now, and it's been um, quite enjoyable. We've had a very successful year, and the property management space is growing, um, and one that is gaining a lot of attention just because of the real estate market right now. And there's a lot of similarities in how they're tied together there. Um, which is where I kind of want to introduce the opportunity uh, with property management. A lot of people kind of get a sour taste or a bad idea of uh, property management. And um, I can assure you that a lot of what you think about property management isn't the case. Um, some worries, for example, like uh, having to deal with maintenance calls or um, other issues like that. We have tools and processes in place that make it very easy. And so you don't have to deal with midnight calls, um, which is a very common misconception. But Talking about the industry itself, uh, prior to being in this space, I didn't or wouldn't have even guessed that the numbers looked like this. But you have 45 million U.S. households in the United States that are actually renting out their homes. And you have about 110 million people that are renting. So a little bit north of the third of the population in the U.S. is looking to rent. Um, the number there is 37 percent. Um, and with the current conditions of the real estate market, um, it is driving home buyers further and further away from that and drawing them more toward the idea of renting. And so that's uh, continuing to increase as time goes on. And so we're seeing um, our business grow tremendously right now. Um, looking at kind of what makes Key Runner a little bit different is the fact that Key Runner focuses solely on single family homes. You have some competitors of other property management companies or even some mom and pops that try and do short-term vacation rentals or commercial properties or apartment complexes. Um, we have found that our bread and butter is single family homes. It has proven to be the most profitable and the most sustainable long-term. Um, and so we remain hyper-focused on that area. Now that's not to say that after you have some experience that you can't venture out um, into some of those other areas, but our support and our focus is in that single family uh, home market. Um, just to give you an idea, on kind of what makes Key Runner a good opportunity. Um, it's that the industry is booming. This is a very projectable and scalable business. As you look for um, essentially putting together a pro forma for yourself, it's fairly easy to do so. Um, for example, let's say you're charging 10% as a management fee and it's $2,000 a month for rent. Your income for that property is maybe $200 a month. It's pretty easy to, to put together your income there and then your expenses um, as we go through that process can outline what that'll look like for you. So it's very projectable and scalable. As far as franchising is concerned, it's a very low capital investment. 
Um, of course, that's relatively speaking. I'm not saying that eighty to one hundred and thirty thousand dollars isn't a lot of money, because certainly it is. Uh, but in the franchising world, it's very affordable. This is a model where it's almost impossible to go bankrupt in. It's very almost no barriers of entry um, in the space. We have a lot of prime territories uh, still available. Um, they're really the only markets that are essentially sold out are Denver, Dallas, and, and parts of Florida. The rest of the country is very wide open. So a lot of amazing opportunity. Um, and then really the, the final piece that is the most important thing that makes Kieran a good opportunity and makes us different is the company culture and support. And I know it's a cliche to say, hey, we have awesome support. And so anyone listening, I don't want you to just take my word for it. Um, if you engaged in this discovery process and started to meet our team a little bit, you would realize uh, how entrepreneurial and how different it is with, with Kieran or property management. Um, to kind of give you an idea on really who it is that's the ideal franchise owner for us, and, and we want to make sure we set the right expectations, we're looking for someone that's going to work full time in the business. Um, this isn't something that uh, we see being successful if you are doing it part time. Um, embraces technology. And what we mean by that is, is everything that we do is software based. So as long as you have a Wi-Fi connection, you can do your work from anywhere, which is nice and appeals to a lot of people. Um, the three things that, that will make you the most successful or, or trends that we see in our top 20% of performing franchisees are, will encompass the next three points that I'll talk about. And that's going to be an entrepreneurial spirit and a drive to succeed. Um, when you understand truly your why and, and why it is that you want to be a business owner, um, as you go through those beginning stages where you're not making money, um, and going through those hard times and continuing to stay motivated with that why factor that will help you to push through those times and be successful. So entrepreneurial spirit and drive to succeed next natural people person. And then the last bullet point is going to be good communication, organizational skills, relation, uh, sorry, real estate is such a relationship driven industry. And so your ability to network and build and grow those relationships in your area will be a large driving factor in your ability to succeed in this industry. Um, and then finally, uh, kind of what we're looking for, someone who's willing to follow those proven systems that we have. But the whole point of franchising is to alleviate a two to three year learning curve that you would have in any industry doing it on your own. Um, and so we don't want you to reinvent the wheel. We spent you know, the last seven years of franchising understanding how to do it the right way. And so we have the proper systems and uh, tools in place to help you uh, to be successful. Um, talking about uh, some of the financial requirements, which is certainly a common question. You have uh, a $55,000 initial investment that's paid at signing and your total initial investment is going to vary anywhere, anywhere between $80,000 up to $130,000. Uh, um, and so that's kind of high level. Um, Jack, I'll kind of turn it over to you for maybe some common questions that you see that I can get answered for you. For sure, for sure. This episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Franchise Brokers Association, also known as FBA. They provide custom guidance for franchise buyers in the US. FBA has over 100 certified franchise specialists as part of their network, currently working with 350 plus franchise brands. Click the link in the description section to learn how they can help you find the right franchise. FBA has over 15 years of experience They've placed 2,000 plus franchisees across the United States. They take a very personalized approach to selecting and analyzing the best franchise for you. Their approach is also backed by the data that we have at Vetted Biz. 
So if you're interested in buying or at least exploring a franchise, start your franchise search today with FBA. And again, you can click on the link in the description section for more info. Dimitri, thank you so much for going through that. I think you actually touched on some of the interesting uh, questions I would have had regarding what makes for a successful franchisee um, and what characteristics they should have. I think that was really helpful for, for people listening to, to know that. Uh, a question I had as a fault to that is, is there any background requirements, any, any sort of, um, you know, do they need to have experience in the, the, the space? Uh, I don't know if you, if you don't mind that touching on that. Yeah, this is a question we get a lot and the answer is always fascinating because people generally think that we would have an outstanding number of franchisees that come from a real estate or some sort of a property management background and actually essentially almost 90 to 92 percent of our franchisees come from a background that has nothing to do with real estate or property management and so to answer your question no we don't have any sort of non-negotiables um as far as the ideal franchise owner um, we definitely think that uh, of various types of backgrounds are um, useful in, in growing a business i will say this um for example, if you have a sales background and you're comfortable with those sales conversations, you might in the beginning have a higher conversion rate of uh, bringing on property owners or if you're just naturally a, a good uh, talker or people person. Um, but that is the goal and something that we emphasize is that even with someone with no property management experience at day zero, by the end of that first year, we want you to have full confidence moving forward to be successful in running and operating your business. And so we have weekly one-on-one -on -one coaching calls as an example where we go through those conversations and we'll go through scenarios of different types of conversations that may come up and how to navigate through those and be successful to bring on those properties. And so I know that was a long-winded answer, but no, there isn't some sort of um, specific characteristic or career path that we have that many come from. Got it. Got it. Thank, thank you for that, Dimitri. Now, in terms of uh, just the market in general, um, how does QRenter compete in the market? Are they competing against mom and pop? Is it other kind of bigger property managers? What does that look like? It's a great question. So out of that 45 million people that are renting out their houses, 70% uh, of that 45 million are do-it-yourself property managers. And so that actually is your biggest competitor. It's going to be those. Um, now with that in mind, there is so much real estate to go around for anyone. Um, so even if let's say you have, you know, a business where you have 300 uh, properties under management, you still kind of barely scratch the surface of what's available in your area. But to answer your question, yeah, your biggest competitor is going to be the mom and, or yeah, the do-it-yourselfers, the mom and pops that are in the area. Um, now I will say this, the mom and pops experience double the vacancy rate as a standard property management company. And one thing that really sets Key Runner apart is the tenant screening process that we have. Um, in the seven years that we've been franchising, to date, we're managing about 6,200 properties. We've evicted less than 1% in those seven years, so less than 62. So we have a phenomenal um, eviction rate percentage there. And then our reviews, if you look online, are, are pretty tremendous. And it's because we're putting the proper tenants in place. We're managing those relationships. Relationships first are the ultimate priority in this industry. Got it. Yeah, thank you for, for that. I, I think it helps um, to understand the competitive market and uh, basically paint the picture to kind of how open it is. It's a huge market and th there's no like big McDonald's or something, you know, so no big competitor. It's really uh, distributed. 
uh, kind of all, all over the place at the mom and pops who, who generally they don't, they're not sophisticated because they can only get to a certain size. They don't have the software key renter does. Yeah. Maybe if you don't mind talking a little bit about that so people can kind of understand um, that differentiating factor for key renter, uh, I, I guess what sort of systems are, are, are there in place to help manage their homes? Yeah, the benefit of franchising is you're able to, um, I, I don't want to say leverage because it almost sounds bad, but you're able to use the relationships that you have with vendors. So for example, Appfolio is a property management software that's been rated the best in class. If you're a mom and pop property manager and you're managing less than 50 properties, you are not allowed to have access to Appfolio. And so because we have that contract with them, our new franchisees that even have zero are able to just come in and utilize that software. So that's a major benefit there. So the main software that we use is Appfolio. And then we have some training and other softwares that we've developed in-house um, to help assist with that backend items. Got it. Got it. Thank, thank, thank you for going over that. Uh, now, I think if I was looking at the, the property management space, you know, key renter specifically, Probably one of my biggest concerns would be how, and this is a concern we've heard from our clients, is that uh, how does one get the homes? How does how does one get the dorms? If you're going to use the industry language, uh, would you mind talking about that and, and kind of the systems and the, the ways that the key renter franchisees uh, obtain homes to manage? Yeah, that's a great question. So a couple different ways. One's going to be through SEO, right? So someone naturally um, and. I don't want to just use language. So search engine optimization, right? If someone goes onto Google and they look up a property or property management, um, they will be able to have access to see some of the properties that are on your website. So it'll be some coming through there and then other parts of it will be you naturally going out and networking. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of different ways. So I know that was kind of an indirect answer. Um, but a lot of it will be through your website and through your marketing efforts that you're doing. Got it. Got it. Thank you. So. Now, in terms of the uh, roles and responsibility for a key renter franchisee, so once someone becomes a franchisee owner, what are they focusing on? Where are they spending their time? Um, another good question. So we have all of the support and tools in place so that you aren't worried about growing your website or doing those things. Our focus for you is again, networking. I know it's, it's going back to managing relationships, but that's what we want you to be focused on is that just day-to-day -day going out, building your brand awareness in your area. Both that'll be done on the digital side from our team, but organically through your own efforts. And so that's where we want your focus to be. Be good at what you're being good at, which is going to be, you know, being a people person. Got it. So networking, I assume networking uh, with realtors, is that, is that the main? Yeah, realtors and investors, there's lo local events that you can attend. Um, there's a lot of uh, things that we can recommend. But yeah, local realtors specifically, just because they're well in touch with the rental market. Got it. Got it. That, that makes a lot of sense. Now, in terms of uh, managing the business, how does the kind of the team structure look like for uh, a franchisee when they start up to like, you know, year three, like what, what sort of roles do they hire for and all that? Um, so typically what you'll see with franchisees, they're going to first hire some sort of a VA, a virtual assistant for their website. Um, very cost effective and can help out quite a bit. Um, but as far as in-house staff, you yourself are going to be able to 
depending on your capabilities um, and, and how much stress you can handle uh, up to 90 to 100 properties um, yourself. And then essentially every 50 properties after that, you would then hire someone else in house. And essentially uh, you're just hiring another property manager to help assist with, and they would essentially own a section of that 150. So they would own the portfolio of 50 properties and go through that just to give you an idea. Um, in Austin, Texas, our owner down there has uh, 14 employees and the one in Denver, you know, has almost 16 or 17. So it can be quite a bit and granted they're, you know, north of 500 properties um but essentially the rule of thumb is is about every 50 properties is when you would look to hire someone okay that makes a lot of sense now in terms of how the business itself uh, operates what are the sources of revenue revenue streams that a franchi franchisee owner would would receive primary source of revenue is going to be your management income that you make from managing the property to six to ten percent there you also have some maintenance income um, that can be incorporated to that. Some of our offices charge a maintenance fee, um, essentially where you're, when the vendor comes out and services the property, you're just taking kind of a cut of that before you give that the bill to the owner. Um, again, some do, some don't. That's not something we push everyone to do or not do. That's totally up to you. Um, and then as well, naturally, a part of this process is going to be real estate sales opportunities. Um, now, we're not going to want that to be your focus, obviously, because we want you to focus on growing your property management business. But naturally, again, uh, this is a real conversation that a lot of people are having. When you look at the 2008, 2009 recession and houses were really cheap to buy, a lot of individuals that bought at that time that have been renting their home for the past you know, 12, 11, 12 years, because of how high the prices are now in the market, they're just looking to cash out. And so um, you would be able to, if you wanted to, uh, because you'd have your real estate license, manage those listings and go ahead and do the buy and sell of that. Got it. So Got that it. would okay. be yeah, added income there as well. That makes sense. So basically the idea is that uh, property manager, rental property manager, uh, networks with these property owners and then these investors in essence are buying and selling homes. And so they're going to go to the property manager instead of a realtor because they're interacting with the property manager monthly basis. Yep. Okay. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, now, in terms of uh, the process, let's just say that someone watches this video and says, oh yeah, you know, I'm really interested in key renter. What, what does the process and what does the timeline look like to become approved you know, and sign the, the franchise agreement for, for key renter? Um, this is not something where, you know, we are just saying, Hey, can you write a check? Like, let's sign up. We definitely go through this process where we're vetting you as well as you vetting us. Um, and so the process with us is an eight step discovery process. Um, it's going to be an intro call, then a brand review, then what we call is a request for consideration. Then step forward via territory call. Step five is review the FTD. Step six is a 10 discovery day. Step seven is final validation. And then step eight would be signing. Now, as far as the time frame, that is the thing that changes most with anyone that we're speaking with. Um, and I'm sure you would be able to validate that as well. Everyone's timelines are always adjusting due to family events or whatever it might be. So what a typical process looks like is we would have essentially one to two calls a week, depending on what you're looking for, um, which would put you at about a month to a month and a half of discovery. Um, let's say you attended discovery day and you wanted to move forward. Our expectations would be that you would sign within you know, 14 to 30 days max. Um, so all in all, you're really looking at you know, a two to 
max two and a half month process. Um, and something that we also like to tell people to keep in mind is, you know, a, a beautiful phrase, right? Begin with the end in mind. Uh, as part of the process, you have three months of onboarding before your drawers are even able to be open. So if you're saying, I want to be open middle of Q1 of next year, well, then that eight step discovery process needs to be a little bit quicker than, you know, a typical two month process. We would need to have two, maybe even three calls a week. And so um, if you're asking yourself the question, when should I open? Know that it's, you know, three months of onboarding plus then whatever discovery that it would typically take for, for an individual. So that's a kind of roundabout answer, but. Got it. So basically it really depends on besides like the, the, when you say three months of onboarding, do you mean from the time they sign to the time they actually open up their. Correct. Yeah. Yep. Got it. So it's three months of that. And then pre that though, it's kind of depends on how fast the person wants to move. Yeah, absolutely. And we're totally, again, this is something where your pace is our pace. Um, we definitely don't want to get into a holding pattern where it's, you know, one call every other month. Um, so yeah, generally with that discovery process, it's usually one call a week. And then if an uh, individual is wanting to move faster, we would look at two calls a week. So in terms of all the questions uh, I had that have been down, uh, I, I've, I've gone through all of them. Is there any other uh, items you thought it was uh, worthwhile to go over uh, while we're talking today? Um, let's see here. Um, you know, just kind of going back to the industry and, and talking about how unique it is um when you look at the comparison between rental costs and the purchase price of homes rent increases at an average of 3.2 percent year over year um when you look at the 2008-2009 housing crash or the recession you're looking at an average median cost of homes at around 190,000. at the end of that point um, it was about 160,000. So you're looking at a decrease in an average purchase price of $30,000. A lot of people think that rent and purchase price of homes directly correlate, and that isn't the case. During that exact same time when you had a $30,000 decrease in rent, or sorry, in purchase price, you had um, a $60 increase on average of rent. And so what happens, in, and specifically now with this market, a lot of people are thinking, oh, well, when the real estate market crashes, rent's just going to crash along with it. Well, no, rent establishes itself in the marketplace and stays true to that. And so the people that are going to benefit the most are going to be those property owners so, and the property managers, of course. So. Got, it, got it. Yeah, I think I think it's a good point to touch, base, to, to touch on that. Uh, it's, I mean, it's, it's hard to say anything's like recession resistant, but it pretty much is. Like, this industry is very, will perform you know, strongly in a recession, strongly, uh, you know, when the market's doing really well, just because it's not dependent on the price of the home. It's going to be just dependent on just having how homes under contract is really the biggest uh, key feature. Absolutely. For sure. All right. Now, Dimitri, were there any other, any other items to, uh, to go over? No, that covers it. Um, you know, as far as coordinating calls are getting that set up, um, you can either reach out to me directly at Dimitri, but it's going to be D-I-M-I-T-R-I -I at keyrunner.com um, or reaching out to Alexis at keyrunner.com. Um, and then we can get those calls, uh, those intro calls set up and start for that discovery process. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, Dimitri, thank you so much for your time today. I think it was really informative. So uh, hopefully our, our listeners also appreciate this as well. And uh, and yeah, we're looking forward to being in touch. Great. Thanks for the time, Jack.
I hope you enjoyed today's podcast episode. If you found today's learnings helpful for your entrepreneurial endeavors, I encourage you to follow us on our Vetted Biz YouTube channel. Also, our podcast episodes are available on every major podcast network. This includes Spotify, Google, and Apple. For Apple Podcasts, you can actually leave us up to a five-star rating and also give comments to see what type of feedback you'd like to see for future episodes. If you prefer, email me at patrick at vettedbiz.com with any questions, feedback, or suggested topics for future podcast episodes. Thanks again for listening today.